Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Claves Online. I'm talking my good man, Kevin Weeks. You probably saw him and heard a lot of him during the hockey trading deadline season because he was all over it for so many different reasons. And so first of all, Weeks, uh, we see guys like this in other sports who are breaking news right around the trade deadline. Hockey, we didn't see as much of that in the past. And I'm sure there's some guys who are able to do it. Mm-hmm. But, man, because of Twitter and just your access, it was like, okay, I'm going to have lunch. And by the time I finish wiping my face, Kevin Weeks is going to be on at least five times. I mean, <laughs> you were all over it. And, and so, first of all, congratulations. And, and not only doing it, but getting it right most of the time. So, congratulations on that. And how much fun was that for you? Thank you. You know, Claves, there's you're right. There are people that do it and, and, and that excel there that have been there a long time. Uh, so many of the true hockey fans know who they are and they exceed at that. It's been something that I've done probably the last eight years. I would break, you know, the odd one and then a few. And it started gaining a little more, more momentum for me. And I also wanted to make a very concerted focus and effort on being able to do more of it based on my trusted relationships. So I started going a little deeper and deeper into it. And, and it's a skill that I've, I've really worked hard at in, in turning in turn trying to add a different element to my Swiss army knife, so to speak. So, so to that, to that regard, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so many transactions happen day to day, as you yeah. know, right. It's just, and all the different platforms that we have out there. So a lot of the fans are just numb to these transactions. They see it on the ticker, they see it on Twitter and there isn't any real, there isn't anything that's really sticky that, that will kind of land that with them. It just seems to go in passing. So I wanted to add a different dimension by adding the videos to it. And uh, and quite frankly, you know, sports doesn't wait for us. You've been in not this anymore. Game. It's a long time. Sports doesn't wait for us. So it's not convenient enough to say, hey, Claves, I know you're going shopping. I know you left the grocery store. I know you're going to dry cleaner. Now this transaction is going to happen. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. No. It doesn't. Hey, so many trades this year. I mean, tons of trades. And it looked like the Eastern Conference was going to make them all. And then West said, hey, we're over here. Mm. Uh, so many trades. Why? A few different factors. I'd say, number one, a lot, a lot of teams have a shot this year. And it's not just as great as Colorado's been, as great in, as Florida's been, or Tampa is, and Carolina is there's still so many teams that have a legitimate shot at winning the Stanley cup. And when you sit back and assess your team, you just nailed it. When you talk about the East, if I'm the Pittsburgh Penguins, Gino, you're healthy. Yup. Sid, you're healthy. Yup. You're still balling. Okay. No problem. Latang, you're having a great year. Yup. Tristan Jari's an all-star again. Yup. Uh, I mean, we got to go, we got to make a push, which they did in getting Ricard Raquel. If you are the Toronto Maple Leafs, don't ask me why. They still didn't address the goaltending situation. But they said, all right, let's get Mark Giordano. Let's bring him home, stabilize our defense. We know that's an area that we can improve upon. So you start going down the list of the teams in the East, and there's so many teams that are playing at a high points percentage in the East. Boston Bruins, they went and got Hampus Lindholm. I broke that one as well. Then you go out West, as you just perfectly laid out, it's a, it, it's a wood chipper out West too. And so many of these teams that are even – in and around like bubble teams, Dallas, they got a shot. Dallas is great at home. They figured out how to win on the road. They have one of the best first lines in the league. The St. Louis Blues, to me, are very much a Stanley Cup contender. Very, very much. So they go and add Nick Letty to the back end. 
to bolster the defense. A guy that's really mobile, a great skate, great skater. He's won Stanley Cups in Chicago. He can be a nice complimentary piece on their back end. You then go to Colorado, as we said, who's already stacked. Yeah. They're, they're trying to plan the parade already. From they're a, trying to plan the parade. Doing it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So all that to say, number one, a lot more teams are in it than, than probably in past years that have a shot to win. I would also say there's a flat salary cap at 81.5. So a lot of teams are trying to massage that as best they can. And then quite frankly, like these are based on the restrictions with COVID and the roster stuff. You have an opportunity at a time where so many people are trying to make it right, where you can use that opportunity to make things right for yourself. Like a Montreal Canadiens, for example, that were able to sell off some pieces and get some futures or Seattle. You know, one of the things that's interesting, we talk about the teams who who want to go for it. Mm-hmm. What about the Vegas Knights? Oh, man. I mean, you know, they, they are a team that somebody's pulled a pin on a grenade, all right? They just haven't let the handle go because that's yeah. a team that if they don't get in, and there's a chance that they may not, yeah, they may have to start from scratch again. I mean, they, their goaltending is kind of abandoned them. They went all in on Jack Hughes, I mean, uh, on Eichel. Yeah. And uh, that hasn't worked out as well as I think they had hoped for. Uh, they've lost Stone for a while. They've got some guys that really haven't lived up. Mm-hmm. And they're at a crossroads because they've, they've mortgaged the farm with draft choices and certainly money that they spent in the last couple of years. Where do you see them at at this point? Okay, so let me start by saying and I respect their owner. I love Bill Foley. I love what he's done because he's been all in from day one. And yeah. he hasn't. He hasn't been hiding around salary cap. He hasn't been hiding around COVID. He's like, I'm in, I'm all in. I talked to him. He told, he's told me this from day one and he's right. The challenge though is in being bullish, which I think is great. You still have to be ready, aim, fire and not fire, aim, ready. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and I say that just because it starts with the goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury is the best player they had in the history of their franchise, right? So I don't care who says what. If it's me, there's zero chance I'm trading the flower, period. Hands down, period. So now you push to kind of move him. You kind of backdoor sign Robin Leonard to the extension, who I like a lot. But the the challenge with Robin Leonard now is this year, he's coming off surgery. He played fresh off surgery. Now the same surgery that he had, he might need again. Plus, there's a lower body injury to compound it that may require surgery. So now at the most important position, Claves, the most important position in the sport and maybe in all of pro sports and team sport, now you're in flux. That's the first problem. So then as a result of that now, you're chasing it. You're chasing it. Okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's get this person. Let's get that person, which, again, I respect being bullish. However, the challenge is now they have these salary cap problems. Claves, they tried to do this Dodonov trade. Dodonov, now this trade's been null and void, courtesy of the league. It's been rescinded. And the Dodonov trade put them in such a bad spot because now they have to retain him or trade him to another team post-deadline. No team's going to do you any favors. Nobody's going to bail you out, right? And to activate Mark Stone, their best two-way forward, and also Alec Martinez, their veteran D-man that's won two cups. We know Petrangelo's won one in St. Louis, but they're going to have to clear 14-plus million. 
to clear those two players. Can't happen. How, How does that happen? You don't have that much time on the calendar to try that. I mean, you can be creative, but then all of a sudden you're going to get a phone call from the league and say, hey, you know, we're not as stupid as you may appear as we may appear to be. So they're going to have some big problems. They have some big problems, man. Let's take a quick break. Kevin Weeks is with us. We'll be back after this. At Western Illinois University, limits are meant to be pushed. Because the best change happens when people think in new and unexpected ways. At WIU, you'll experience a world where your presence matters, where your ideas take flight, and your determination opens the door to possibility. At WIU, we create a world that's brand new. The pandemic has been the ultimate game changer for many companies, and Ameren, Illinois is no exception. President and Chairman Richard Mark tells us how they've worked with their customers who may have been harshly impacted by COVID. The pandemic has uh, really caused some, un, you know, unprecedented changes and challenges for all industries. And, you know, for us, we, since we provide that vital service, um, you know, we understand customers have to have it. And so with the pandemic, many people were out of work, didn't know when they were going back to work. So some of the things that we tried to do was say, you know, how do we how do we help those customers along? How do we provide some incent, some money to uh, make it available if they couldn't pay their bill? How did we how could we maybe um, suspend late fees and and late payments and and those types of things? So um, what we tried to do is work with our customers. We provided uh, last year over twenty six million dollars in billing assistance for customers to help. And basically, if the customer couldn't pay you know we didn't cut anyone off and and try to just understand what was going on in the communities and I think that's really the the real core and basis of what we try to do back with Kevin Weeks we're talking some hockey the trade deadline has passed all right we talked a little bit about how many trades that took place and you touched on something with regard to the flat cap how much salary dumping did you see? And also, do you see teams that are really trying to gear up more for the offseason? Because let's face it, there's some teams that are a couple of players short from winning the Stanley Cup, and they, they're going to need help. But they may have enough money to be able to do some things, if not money, extra draft choices that maybe they can get themselves healthy quicker come to starting in uh, June with the draft and certainly July with free agency. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd start with Seattle out west. Uh, things didn't go according to plan for them coming out of the blocks in terms of being as competitive as they thought they were going to be uh, and as they certainly would hope to be with all the optimism and the commitment from their ownership group out there. So they are trying to course correct. Uh, they do have now, by making a lot of the moves that they did and trading as many bodies as they did, they're able to, to get a lot of draft capital in return, which is certainly going to be helpful to them. Also, It'll give them a lot of cap flexibility going forward. But now the key is in the offseason, you got to make the right moves, A, and on your NHL roster. And then B, with that draft capital, if you use it, you got to make the right picks and start hitting on some of these guys now because this will be your second entry draft. I would then say for Anaheim, I loved where Anaheim was at. I had about five of their games on ESPN to start the year. And uh, in the first half of the year, they were right there. They were in a playoff spot. And injuries, COVID, COVID injuries, 
They started to uh, besiege them a little bit, unfortunately. And then they get the new general manager come in there and Pat Verbeek. And he's like, I don't know any of these dudes. I'm not really loyal to them. <laughs> so, so, so a lot of these guys, I'm going to clear some cap space and, and get some of these guys off the roster. Now, if it was me, there's no way I would have traded Hampus Lindholm because I think Hampus Lindholm is such a good defenseman for them, uh, being in their top four. But nonetheless, they trade him. They get a return. They trade Delorier, who was really important to them as a tough player. Good call. For yeah. their young guys, creating space. And Dallas Eakins told me numerous times, their head coach, who's done a really nice job out there, he's like, we see, we need Dez. We need him in the lineup for the likes of Zegris and Drysdale and, and Troy Terry, who's having a breakout year. We need to give those guys some protection out there and all of a sudden you move him that's kind of changed the dynamic open season open season a lot so, of teams are looking at them like oh okay. exactly which you know? which brings brings me to this you know we when we look think of trade deadline we think of scoring and defensemen and power play and a goalie but man you know what i saw a lot of third and fourth line guys get moved and i saw guys who can make other guys accountable and you mentioned delorier you don't think that bunch of Minnesota's going to skate a little stronger and a little bigger now, knowing that this guy's there and he's reasonably skilled. Yes, where he's a guy that's not going to sit there and on the fourth line and get four minutes a night. Uh, I, I think we've seen enough teams to get pushed around, and, and you touched on the team earlier. Mm-hmm. That Dallas Stars team is a is a is a monster to play against because Jamie Ben doesn't give a shit. All totally. right, he doesn't care who you are and how many minutes you have, and if he starts running guys then all of a sudden we got a problem that we don't we can't counter because we don't have – and the guy I love was a guy like Kyle Clutterbuck. Yep. You know, he he makes everybody accountable. You know, you better know where he's at. He doesn't have a problem dropping the gloves, and he plays the body as well as anybody. And if you have a guy like that banging your best player, your best player is going to say to your other guy, hey, knock it off, man. I, I don't need this guy on my back all night. A hundred percent. I mean, you need to have – here's the thing that everybody talks about. So – Two keys that people always talk about in, in, in sport, but certainly in our sport, time and space. Time and space. Time You hear it every time. And why that's so important is if you have the time, you might be able to execute the play. If you have the space, you might be able to execute the play. And if you have the time and the space, <laughs> it, it, it increases the odds of you being able to yeah. make the right play, whether it's defensively whether it's a read in the D zone behind the net. Okay, I'm not going to get run on the four check. Let me skate this out myself. I'm Quinn Hughes, right? I'm not going to get run on the four check. All right, I'm a big body, Colton Pareko. I could take two strides, escape the pressure. We're out of our zone and where I can get the puck in the hands of Jordan Cairo and, and Robert Thomas, for example, in St. Louis. So uh, it's so important. And how the how you create that time and space is often impacted by these very players that you're talking about. It's, well, it's a big difference with those players in your lineup. Will we see more accountability in the playoffs? It wouldn't football? surprise me. You it know, I, I think the honor system thing has kind yeah. of gone as far as it can go. Yeah. And, and I think there are too many coaches that are seeing their best players having liberties taken of them. And it's one thing to be played hard and be checked hard and find right. the other team's best check. I get that. But all the cheap stuff that still exists – Mm-hmm. At some point, somebody's got to go out and make sure. Hey, listen, we're not going to have that tonight. You you oh. may you may have thought you can get away with that back in March, but this is April and May, and, and we're not having it. And I'll take the two minutes because our kill our penalty killers they love these kind of moments. It motivates them to take to kill a penalty for a jerk like you. 
totally. And, and let that be, let that serve notice and be preventative. That's a preventative measure. And you're saying, I'm going to be proactive. You want to skate around out here and act a fool. No problem. I got you. And I'm going to deal with you and you're going to know. So it serves as a deterrence as well going forward for a lot of those players that like to take those liberties on those very uh, silly plays, borderline dirty plays or egregious and needless type plays. And quite frankly, some of those plays at times that, that enter into the category of being cheat plays as well. So, yeah, I think you'll definitely see more of that. So here's I'm glad you brought up that the cheat plays. What happened to the open open ice clean hit? Yeah. Where all of a sudden you have three guys attacking you just because you put a shoulder in a guy's crest <laughs> and now everybody wants to fight because they think it's a cheap shot when the yeah. guy had his head up. And for that guy who's got his head down, that's his fault. You know, you know what? This, you know, I mean, I don't get asked, that. I'm glad you asked this because here's what. Imagine I'm in the net. A guy takes a slap shot one timer and beats me clean, bar down. I'm going from my left over to my right. I don't care. It's Ovi over here. It's Tarasenko over there. Whoever it is, Stamkos on the same side as Ovi, right-hand shot. What am I going to do? Go and chase him down and try to punch him with a blocker because he scored one time, <laughs> a one-timer? Like, who does that? Like, that, that's the equivalent to me, right? So yeah. sometimes you got to tip your hat. As pissed off as you are, I hated getting scored on. So, all right, but it doesn't give me grounds to go and try to chop the guy or, to your point, have teammates to come out and try to chop the guy on my behalf. Sometimes you got to tip your hat. Hey, man, that was a great shot. F it. I'll be ready for the next one. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I hit my reset button. And it's the same thing with those hits that you talked about because it's, been a, it's become a trend where you could deliver a clean check, clean, no bad intent, no nothing egregious, letter of the law, great check and all of a sudden now the guys you know you you wallpaper the guy and now he's, you've got two three guys from his team coming to try to fight you just because you delivered a clean check i don't i I'm, i don't agree with that there should always to your point be room and space to be able to, to deliver a clean hit that's that's a hundred percent pure that's a big part of our game and it's part of it's one of the unique features of our game that make it what it is should the league should the league have a sit down with every team mm -hmm. as we go into the playoffs and say, listen, we're going to allow clean hit hockey. And the first guy who thinks he wants to right or wrong because his teammate got opened up because he wasn't paying attention. He's going to get an extra. Yeah. He's not, he's not only going to get the two and the five, he's going to get two more. So you're going to have a guy not available to you for nine minutes, but you're going to have somebody on a power play for four. Exactly. I mean, I just think they have to get everybody's attention. And you know what? We're all big boys here. I mean, everybody who plays in the National Hockey League has earned that right. Yep. You don't have to be a fighter, but that's why you have shoulder pads on. This is not a pickup league, no check Saturday night or Sunday afternoon league. This yep. is the National Hockey League, totally. and it just blows me away every night. I see somebody who gets opened up because, as I said, maybe he wasn't paying attention or maybe he didn't think he was supposed to be hit. Now. There's another fine line. Okay, if somebody wants to go after Gretzky, then you know what? Then you open the door to the bench and everybody can go get that guy, <laughs> exactly. all right? We yep. know where the meal tickets are. Yeah. But in this situation, common sense would tell you if I give the guy a legitimate check when he's got the puck, that's what, what the game is all about. I don't need some guy who's got six minutes of ice time that night coming out wanting to fight 
Or I don't have a guy who's from Sweden who thinks, well, I think I'm supposed to fight a guy right now. I, right. I, that's that's taken away from the game. Yeah, I agree with that. And it would serve it would serve the league really well. I'm going to speak to Stephen Walcom, who's the head of officiating, who I think overall does a great job because he's an old school ref. Uh, I had him during my playing days. Great communicator. And he's yeah, he head, is. Right. And he's the head of officiating yeah. for the league. Um, Walks and I, every time we see each other, we have good discussions. But you just prompted that kind of and I'm going to have one of those with him prior to the playoffs and see, because here's why, to your point, why I think that'll serve well is it'll serve notice for two reasons. Number one, to let guys know that they can play a clean and physical clean game, which you know that goes up exponentially in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Right. And then number two, it'll also serve notice to, to some of those, some of those players Listen, if this isn't a 50-50 hit, you know, sometimes a game happens so quickly. It's a 50-50. Was it? Was it not? Was it not? All right, your first instinct in the we think it was is to come to the defense of your teammate. We get that on a 50-50 check. But anything less than a 50-50, to your point, I'd love to see uh, that those extra penalties be assessed there because it, it will it'll put players on notice to say, hey, look, this isn't pickup. This isn't men's league. It's a national. There's going to be hits. There, there's space for clean checks, and you've got to be able to accept that uh, when, when they're delivered, either to you or your teammates. Absolutely. And, and this is where I go back to accountability. Like we talk about Delorier, yeah. Uh, this is where he can be prominent because he can go lay it on somebody else. Correct. And, and so you know we can we can go eye for an eye, but just when a guy gets hit, and, and you can and then I don't even go to the point where you say, well, he's not a physical player. So why are you trying to open him up? I may go along with that right, to a point. Right. But, you know, if a guy's just being careless and you get two strides going and you want to you want to flatten a guy. Well, now we got a different party to, to talk about. So sure. I hope that they can all get down and talk about it. the other thing about officiating. You brought it up. Uh-huh. I always remind fans at the beginning of the playoffs, because we all bitch about the officiating. <laughs> this guy's terrible. Well, you know what? Maybe the league just doesn't have enough good ones. But with each round, with less officials working, the, the officiating becomes better. Right. And I think we have to take that into account. Yep. And we saw it in 2019 when the Blues had a couple of officiating uh, faux pas to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Craig Berube was like, look, man, we got to move on. We, we're not yep. even going to make that an issue. He totally did. Instead of whining about it, because there's nothing you could do. Yeah, you're so, right. I just think that we got to get that squared away. All right, before we get out of here, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. Um, you touched on the Blues. You like them. What's yeah. your concern? I like the Blues. Well, So let me stick with the what I like about them. Number one, I think they're quicker, they're faster, they're more mobile. You were mentioning Doug Armstrong earlier. I had a long talk with him at the Winter Classic uh, out there in Minnesota at Target Field. We had a long talk, and he – I, I totally echo his perspective, <clears throat> pardon me, that they're able to play with more pace because they have these youngsters in their lineup like Cairo and Robert Thomas pushing the pace, elevating the skill, elevating the creativity, not at the expense of how they check, not at the expense of how they defend, but it's elevated their team game. He also made the point that a lot of the veteran guys in the group, for example, Ryan O'Reilly and those types of players, those guys have really embraced the young players. They haven't shunned them. They haven't, you know, kind of looked at them and who these young guys think they are. They're not trying to punk them. They, they've integrated them into the group. 
They know that they're making a positive difference. So that speaks to their leadership. That speaks to being comfortable in their own skin uh, as veteran players and still very productive veteran players. So I like that. I would then say the fact that Tarasenko is healthy and played really well and that he wasn't traded, I think is better for him. And I think it's better for the Blues. And I'm going to tell you why. Jordan Cairo is box office to me. Robert Thomas has some of that box office. But when I'm talking about one-shot threat, with Tarasenko, he's not a high-volume shooter. He just needs one shot. It's like a pitcher that throws for that pitches for strikes. They just need that one pitch. And when you have a guy like that, I think that that makes your team better. Now, my concern for the Blues is it's been an uncharacteristically tough second half of the season for Jordan Bennington. Because the first half, he looked great. Billy Houston played well all year. But this out of the blocks, Jordan Bennington played really well. He looked like himself. I've been in touch with him recently. He knows he can be better. He's working hard to rediscover his game and, and reestablish his level. But all the while, while he's going through that, one thing that does impress me is not only how well Houston's played, with, but with how supportive Jordan Bennington's been and how team first he's been. And the reason why I want to say that for a lot of the listeners there in St. Louis and around the world that are tuned in, even when you're said to be a good team person, a good teammate, a good team guy, a good team gal, it's cool to be good team and easy to be good team when things are going well for you. When things aren't going well for you in your individual performance or they're not as they're not going as well or they're a little bit spotty, then that's when I see who's real and who's not. And I can tell you, I've spoken to a lot of guys in that Blues room, and everybody has said, Binner's been a great, he's been super supportive, he's been awesome to Villy, he's still, you know, being the same leader in the dressing room and whatever else. So what is a concern based on him being the guy that helped bring them and win that Stanley Cup, who's off his level right now, that's concern for sure. But the fact that he's not dragging anybody down, uh, as can often be the case, because things aren't going well for him. That's where I'm impressed with that. All right, final question for Kevin Weeks, former National Hockey League goalie. How many years do you, you have, 10? 11 years. 11 years. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you missed him, he was a really good one. Thank you. Um, who, could, who could go wire to wire in the playoffs? And who could be a team that we're all expecting to be good? They could stub their toe and be sitting here watching the second round from TV. Ooh. Because there's going to be some great first-round matchups. I mean, beyond great first-round matchups. I would say a team right off the bat that could go wire-to-wire is Tampa. Because all their pieces, all their their horses are all still galloping. And Steven Stamkos has been amazing all year. He's back to being healthy. Kucherov's healthy. Headman. Braden Point. And more importantly, Andre Vasilevsky, the big cat in the net, who's had like five or six shutouts in elimination games and series elimination games. So I'd say Tampa. Plus, they got the recipe. They have the playbook. They know what it takes to win. So conceivably, they could go wire to wire. I would say a team that could be out early, if they don't get back on their horse right now, if they get in, is the Vegas Golden Knights. Because if they get in, and that's a big if, they lost up in Winnipeg. Connor Hellbuck shut them out two nights ago, 42 saves. That's a game, as Rupper said, that they 
couldn't lose, and they lost that game. So let's say Claves and these other teams in the West, like Dallas, as you mentioned earlier, have four games in hand on them. But let's say somehow they get in. The way they're going right now, I don't see them getting past the first round if they get in, unless they can right their wrongs. If they right the wrongs, it could open up with maybe a Colorado. And, well, and you know, that thing, could, that thing could be over within three, or was, it could be over within seven. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And because we're going to take body count on who's still surviving. Yeah. And, you, and you wonder, after a first-round matchup like that, how much does it take out of a team like that for the sure. next opponent? And that's the great thing about hockey. You know, the other sports, you play the games, but the physical toll will follow you throughout the remainder of the playoffs. And that's something nice. the other sports just don't have to, to their credit which is why it makes the Stanley Cup Finals the greatest tournament in the history of sports. No question, man, because you see stuff, put it this way. I mean, you know, we're all a mutual admiration society. We have friends in every league. We have buddies in every league, whether they're playing, coaching now, GMing, all of the above, uh, scouting, you name it. And I got to tell you, in our sport specifically, some of these, and I've known this from my own personal experience, some of these injuries happen just as you're coming down the stretch right now in March on the back stretch. Okay. So now you're getting, you're coming down the back stretch. You see the wire there and you're like, shoot, I'm injured now. Mm -hmm. Damn. All right. Well, all right. I gotta, I gotta do everything medically possible to be able to play just coming down the stretch claims. That's before you even get to the playoffs and the thermostat gets turned up. That's just coming down the back stretch. So now you're like, all right, I got, I got to be able to hold up. I got to hold up the shoot. My, what my thumb ligament, my thumb ligaments torn. All right. I got to get shot up. I got to get shot up. They got to shoot me up. Now here's the thing about it though. Practice days, you're not getting shot up. So now you got to, if, if you're practicing, you got to go through whatever that pain is through practice. When you practice, then let alone to then be able to get to the games. That's the first thing. So then you get into the postseason. And as you know, the dimensions of the rink are 200 wide by 80, but sorry, 85. Well, to me, 200 by 85 in the playoffs becomes 150 by 50. That becomes a hot box. And that physical toll that you, that you just talked about, again, that gets cranked up 10 X. So now the injury you went in with that you were nursing now, not only does that maybe get worse, now you got something else. Now you got something else. And now you're trying to just get through that first round. And as you're saying, if you do get through the first round, those same injuries and the pre-existing, now they're compounded. Now you get into the second round. And that, so, yes, you're right. To get all the way through, it, it is the most uniquely demanding tournament in the world of professional sports, in all of sports. No question, man. I mean, I saw guys that couldn't even raise their arm. Remember Dougie Waite? Oh, yeah. In St. Louis, you guys know. Mm -hmm. It was a great blue, by the way. And you remember Dougie when he got traded to Carolina and they won that cup in 06. His shoulders were like this when he was trying to hold the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he was on tilt like a football game. He was literally like this trying to hold the cup. So that's a great visual in my mind among so many. But, yeah. Listen, man, as always, it's great to visit with you. Stick around for a second. We're going to get out of this. We want to thank everybody for joining us today, talking some hockey with Kevin Weeks, and we'll do it again, hopefully, before the playoffs gets underway. And let everybody know where to find them on Twitter, 
ESPN, NHL Network, you name it. This guy might be in the grocery store right behind you before you know it. So just check him out. Kevin, thanks again. But before we get out of here. Hey, Rocket, what's my mortgage rate? Rocket, when am I closing? Is anyone there? Rockets are really cool, but they don't speak mortgage. You need a home loan expert for that. Get pre-approved for your next mortgage at thehomeloanexpert.com.